Hello and welcome to a brand new pod, Opinions on Rogues, where we will be looking at some of the more interesting villains in pop culture history. And there's no better way to kick off such a pod than one of the most enduring and recognisable villains uh, of all time, especially on uh, UK shores, and that's the Daleks. And with me to help host this pod is my very own evil Lynn to my Skeletor. It's Liam Hall. Hello, Liam. What? Hello, hello, <laughs> Carl. It's good to, good to see you. I, I, I was wondering if you were gonna, if you were going to call me evil, but um, I, I mean you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But I, I'm very happy <laughs> to be here. So um, so where, where, where do you want to start with this exciting journey? Well, as I say, we're going to start off with the Daleks. What do you think? You, you uh. You're a fan of the Daleks, Liam? Yeah, I, I would say a reasonable amount. Yeah, I, I came into Doctor Who um, a little bit late. I, I, I started watching religious, religiously around the Matt Smith era. So um, my, my first um, impression of the Daleks, as we'll kind of get onto, was um, a, a bit of a weird form. But I, I've always quite enjoyed them as um, as, as figures. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to talk about them. Very interesting um, villains. Uh, were you aware of the Daleks before you started watching Doctor Who? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I mean, you kind of see them everywhere. I mean, Doctor Who was so big um, around the time. You know, I, I think I was around about 11, maybe, when I first started watching. But I heard of them when I was like six or seven. I mean, you must have been probably like 70 when you when when um when they were first introduced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More, more age jokes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But what, what, what were you? What, what, when, when did you first came across them? Yeah, very, very early. They're one of those things. Um, I grew up in the eighties, and it's one of those things you always know, you hear of, you always know about. Uh, you see on, you see in clips and adverts and and such like. Mm-hmm. But the first proper episode, I probably saw when I was about nine, I think nine or ten. Oh, okay. Might, might have even been eight, actually. It's uh, it's around, it, you know, it's that, it's that bloody long ago. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so it's around about the same time that we first kind of introduced them, I guess, like of similar ages, so to speak. Yeah, so my, my first um, was probably the Sylvester McCoy. He was like my first proper doctor when I was old enough to really start mm. sort of paying attention and knowing what was going on. Yeah. Okay. We, we, I, I, we kind of talked about this off air, kind of before, but um, I mean, the, the, the Sylvester McCoy is a very interesting era for Doctor Who. Um, and by that yeah. time, the Daleks have been around for what twenty years. By that twenty-five, point? about twenty-five. Mm. So, do, do you think they still kind of maintain their kind of fear factor of the time, or? I think they had then. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Especially for for myself, who you know was first really been introduced to them as uh, Doctor Who's main protagonist back in uh, antagonist sorry back in um back in those days I think they have I think they have been slightly watered down uh, a little mm. bit down the years unfortunately because they've been so prevalent but um we'll get to that in due course yeah absolutely but do you know um, much about the how the Daleks first started way back when Kind of. Most of it's kind of been um, through like bits and pieces that you kind of learn from the newer, from the newer era. So like I, I knew they were from Scarrow, 
um, I knew they were created by Davros. Um, mm. But I, I didn't really know like the ins and outs of the creature. So uh, what, what can you tell them about them? Because I, I think you know a lot more than I do. Well, yeah. Well, well basically, in sort of real life, they were the idea of uh, Terry Nation, uh, not script real? writer. <laughs> afraid not, mate, no. Oh, damn it. Well, I say afraid not. I think that's a good thing, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it is. We'd all, be brown, we'd all be brown bread by now if, if they were real. Um, so, yeah, uh, he, he, he came up with the concept. Uh, and I think another guy came up with their initial design. His name escapes me right now, unfortunately. Just that, mm. that, 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 unfortunately, that bloke does get a bit forgotten about. Um, but, um, yeah. Um, and they came around in the, in Dotsu's first season in his second ever serial, so probably around about the fourth episode or so, something something in that area. Mm. So they they debuted very very early on, and they were an instant hit, and they were probably the thing that saved Dotsu from cancellation and and helped the the series grow from strength to strength and they've been around ever since a good 50 years or and more now probably yeah, 55 years now i'd imagine yeah exactly i think it's well, i think it's past oh maybe it's 55 actually yeah i think i think is. 2013 was its um it was 50th just a year wasn't it something I like think it was that just before peter capaldi was um mm. coming in so i, I it might be even it might be in 2015 actually um, I, I I could be wrong, but it's interesting me said that like most people don't really talk about um, the art. I think it was sixty. Uh, hmm. I think it was sixty three. Let me just quickly see if I can just oh, quickly sorry, sorry, look I'm... it up. Okay, but yeah, it's, it's interesting you're saying about the. Um, but m- m- most people don't really know the person who designed the Daleks, rather the writer who made them, which is quite interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, people probably do know, but it's one of those things that. Isn't as talked about as much as, as much as um, Nation. Mm. Yeah, because I remember in doing some research for this podcast, you, one of the images of this show is the first kind of reveal of a Daleks, and it's the cliffhanger, I think, of the serial. And one of the assistants is being attacked by the plunger of the Daleks. And, and it, it looks like a very um, horror movie esque like cliffhanger. Um, which, which I, I really liked. I thought that was a really, really quite cool first impression for a villain to come into the show. Yeah. Yeah, did, did, did you find out the um, information, by the way? Uh, I'm still looking now. Oh, okay, fair enough. This is, you know, this makes a great radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But, um, so yeah. Ah, Raymond, Raymond Cusick. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean so he I mean, designed fact... he designed the initial sort of outer shells and the the look of the uh, the Dalek, um, and he worked for the BBC. So the BBC and Terry Nation had like a sort of joint ownership, mm. but one couldn't use them without the other. So, uh, and when Terry Nation passed away, the rights were maintained by his estate. Yeah, and from what I remember, um, I, I could be wrong about this, but it had the the Daleks had to be used nearly every season at one point to um, yeah. the rights. I think. I think so, but yeah, because Doctor Who hadn't been 
on air for those, uh, was it would it be 15, 20 years? There's a bit of mm. legal wrangling to uh, get them used in the uh, the first season of Christopher Eccleston when that when it restarted. Mm. So, and I, 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 you were saying earlier about like. Um... You know, over time, the Daleks have kind of lost its kind of luster. And I think kind of that overexposure and almost overuse kind of has been a part of that. Because I remember when I first, my first like proper exposure to them was um, the iPod Daleks. Um, you know, the, 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 it, I think it was the wartime episode and they're just multicolored versions of the Daleks. And you could tell they're trying to go for something new and different with it. But, um, I mean, the fact that we only appeared once kind of says it all. Yeah, there was quite a bit of uh, outcry over that over that design. It wasn't very popular. They made them a lot a lot bigger and uh, a lot gaudier looking because they yeah. reintroduced them as in like that, that sort of gold sort of um, design. Yeah. And a bit, a, looking a bit more... Um, threatening, sort of a yeah, and a, a bit more solid look to them. But the overall design, it it was pretty much unchanged from the original concept. But, you know, they still have the eye stalk, the, the sort of plunger, the the egg whisk mm. looking gun, <laughs> um, the sort of pepper pot design on the little spheres around the lower casing, all all that sort of remained intact. They just you just didn't sort of. Ricky and they weren't as rickety and didn't rock around as much when yeah. moving around like they did in the old days. I, I think they're now. Um, I think most of them are remote controlled, aren't they? I think. I think some might be um, manually operated. Yeah, actually, I'm not too sure on that. To be honest, I think they still do have people inside, as far as I'm aware. But you, you might be right on that. Yeah, but I mean, it's something you kind of mentioned there is like. You know, this this creation has been around for ne- nearly as long as Doctor Who has. Like, that's nearly, that's more than 50 years. And, and and the fact that it hasn't really changed the core design, I think that's a real, you know, I think it's a real feather in the cap for the Daleks. Yeah. Um, as they say, um, a hero is only as good as his villain. Every good mm. hero needs a despicable uh, villain to defeat and a bit more sort of background on the Daleks uh, basically um, enough caught of the uh, the Khalid race basically they've been mutated down into sort of like squid like creatures that are then encased in this um, sort of it's not it's not metal but we'll 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 say metal for the for the sake mm. of argument yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, sort of tank like um, casing it's pretty much impregnable. Yeah, I, I think it's. I, I believe it's the Dalekinium. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, I yeah. could be wrong. Uh, um, I think. I think the actual materials has changed. The name of it has changed down the down the generations and and eons. But yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but I mean. How would you define the core of what a Dalek is? What like, what what makes it click? Um, to be the sort of superior race in the universe, I think it does believe it is, and it's it's kind of into sort of like ethnic cleansing. It wants mm. to dist- it wants to exterminate, for a lack of a better word, anything <laughs> that isn't a Dalek, basically. 
Yeah, it feels like it's very much one of those creations which is very much inspired by like the post-war period that it just came from. You know, it, it seems it's very heavily influenced by the Nazis. Yeah, 100% um, influence on the Nazis, I would say. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you see it in other like kind of media, but like post-war, like is very influential. You know, mm. things things like Godzilla, things like Star Trek, which comes a lot later on, maybe a figure which we'll come to later. Um, but it, it didn't really have like a face of the brand until it was it was your era, really, with the 80s with Davros, right? But a bit even but a bit before me, I think it was sort okay. of 70, 74, 75. So a good 10 years later. Davros was introduced as uh, their creator in Genesis of the Daleks, which in the story Tom Baker's doctor was sent back by the Time Lords to stop the Daleks ever mm. coming into being. Yeah, a very very kind of Terminator kind of storyline, which which is quite um, amusing. Aye, before the Terminator, though. Yeah, very true, yeah. But... Um... So it's very kind of strange, but it was an interesting kind of choice because, you know, you needed to freshen up the Dalek character. I mean, the Daleks themselves are pretty standard in terms of their character. There's not really much change that goes into them. But I feel like kind of having an alternate representation of that villain, I feel like it kind of gives it a bit more complexity. Yeah, well, it came about. Um, Terry Nation always did the Dalek scripts at that point. Uh, he produced a treatment which the producers weren't entirely satisfied with. It's, a lot, it's, it's the same story you've, you've done before. Uh, mm. what, you know, well, I about something a bit different. Terry Nation agreed. He said, yeah, you know what, you're, you're right. Um, I'll come up, you know, perhaps I do need to come up with something different. So then they came up with the idea of Davros and the Genesis of the Daleks. Um, the Doctor, and at one point in the story, the Doctor does have a, a chance to destroy all these sort of Dalek mutations um, to stop the Daleks from coming into being. And he's like, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a choice of the Doctor. Does he does he destroy these creatures for good? But mm. that, in turn, does that make him no better than a than a Dalek himself? Yeah, which is something I, I always quite appreciated. And I think that's something Davros always kind of pushed. Mm and kind of accuse the Doctor of, you know, because the Doctor himself is, you know, this kind of, he's pretty morally good. So I think having Davros is kind of almost like, almost the shadows to the, to the Doctor's light kind of makes it very yeah. fascinating. Exactly. And if you notice, a lot of the time the Doctor will uh, give his um, antagonists a choice before he, uh, he stops them or destroys them. Mm. And because they're usually there, they're so arrogant and they think they're going to win. They they tend to decline that choice, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's kind of very, there's something very um, superhero about their kind of relationship. I, 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 if you allow me to kind of make a bit of a wrestling analogy, it kind of reminds me, Doctor Who, a, a little bit of um, John Cena's character. He would always be tempted to kind of do the wrong thing by the bad guy, but he would always kind of make the right choice. Um, and I, I think, you know, for those two characters, they kind of don't really change that much over the course of decades. So I think it's quite a nice little counterbalance and a little bit of intrigue that the villain kind of provides to that story. Yeah. Would you uh, say so, or? 
Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, the doctor, I think the doctor does change. I mean, his appearance and personalities do change with his regenerations. But yeah, his sort of moral compass yeah. pretty much stays the same. There's a nice moment in the, um, the episode with the Donna Doctor where Dav Russ sort of says, um, so the truth is now revealed. You, you sort of, by proxy... Do things by your companions, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is very kind of interesting, mm. and it's something I, I I never really particularly thought about, and I, I think that's something that I kind of went out of Doctor Who, particularly after Russell T Davis kind of left, which is a bit of a shame to be honest. Um, they never really seemed to kind of delve into that kind of stuff. Um, but. Yeah, so I, I I really enjoyed that particular storyline with the Donna, with Donna Doctor, and um, the Daleks. I I think I, that might be one of my favourite memories of the Daleks, perhaps. Well, yeah. What are yours? Um. Uh, yeah, probably uh, Genesis of the Daleks, which I've um, seen mm-hmm. retrospectively, and uh, Remembrance of the Daleks was probably my first proper. Exposure to an episode, uh, an, an episode, um, I think it's 88 or 89 of the Daleks, where Davros appeared again, and he had two different Dalek sets in, in that one. You had what they called the Renegade Daleks, which they saw themselves as the pure Daleks, and they mm. were they were in like a black shell. And you had uh, the Imperial Daleks, which were still ruled by Davros. Um, they were white um and they had sort of their their sort of mutated bits and sort of mu had, um sort of improvements on them. So mm. they and that's what upset the renegade Daleks because they didn't think they were pure enough anymore. <laughs> Which is a very um, it, it feels like a, it feels like a bit of social commentary on kind of like white supremacy and all these kind of far right. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. But. Um, but Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was going to say, but they're both, they're, they're both as evil as each other, really. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, I, I think it's, I mean, I, I particularly quite appreciate that kind of weird discourse. And I, I think that kind of, you know, it is kind of reflected slightly in real life, even if that's not their mm. intention. Um, but I, I, I appreciate stuff like that a, a little bit. But um, in your generation, the new generation, who sort of they created a whole sort of new mythology for the Daleks with the with the Time War, where they've mm. uh, been uh, warring with the Time Lords for centuries upon centuries. Yeah, which um, is it, that period is. I'm, I'm I'm always very a bit. Um, I, I never really know how I feel about the kind of whole time war thing because um, I mean we never really kind of go that deep into what kind of happens. Um, and well, it, not not until like you, you learn a bit more in the fiftieth anniversary episode, don't you? Yeah, that is true. That is true. In fairness, um, um, because it, it, it starts off as a backstory which sort of happened off screen. So Christopher Eccleston sort of doctor picks up. Sort of just after the time war, you you kind of you, you kind of imagine. Yeah. So he had, he had to make a horrible choice, um, sort of in his 
in his mind at that point ended the time war by destroying both the Daleks and the Time Lords because at that point the Time Lords had become as bad as the Daleks. And you kind of see that in the episode, one of the Christmas and New Year episodes where the Master came back. Um, I think it's David Tennant's last episodes. Yeah, that's true. Oh my, wow. That, that was a great little story, which I'm sure mm. we'll kind of come on to when we cover the Master. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and to be honest, I, I think, I mean, that is something they kind of do talk about a little bit, the fact that, you know, maybe the Doctor is actually worse than the Daleks in some way, because, you know, he decided to end both races. I mean, you know, he, he pretty much committed genocide of both. Kind of... Well, he, he thinks he did, and he thinks he got to do it for the greater good. That's why he never talked about um, the War Doctor, which was brilliantly played by the late John Hurt in yeah. uh, in the 50th anniversary. And we find out he didn't end them. He just stuck them in a, a permanent time bubble. Mm. And it, it's kind of, I remember reading an article years ago about who is the most, I think this is in the run up to the, Peter Capaldi era is like who is the most evil doctor um and I I think it came down to um like Paul McGann um Paul McGann's doctor and then um John Hurt's doctor because Paul McGann because Paul McGann's doctor makes a conscious choice to turn in to the Hurt doctor when he lands on that planet yeah kind of webisode thing it was kind of neat because you know the Daleks are so monstrous and they were pretty much winning the the doctor you know to make a had terrible choice had to make terrible choices to to win the war and stop the doctor uh, Daleks, and that's that's sort of the the mm. thing. A lot a lot of um, sort of superhero things do cover at some point. Where does the hero have to become as bad as the villain to defeat the villain? Yeah. How absolutely. much of your how much of your moral compass can you keep if you if you want um, victory? Yeah, absolutely, and and and, and arguably, it's for it is the Daleks who kind of push him to that level. So, yeah, I I I really like. There's lots of little complexities with the Daleks. Mm. There's an interesting scene uh, in the first Dalek episode in series one with Christopher Eccleston, where he meets um, the what what could be the last Dalek in Van Staten's lab, mm. and the Dalek says, "We are That's the same." Episode. And the Dalek says, we are the same. And the Dalek says, no, we're not the same. And he goes, actually, yes, we are. Because I know what to do. Exterminate. <laughs> and he tries to kill that Dalek before Van Staten's people stop him. Oh, man. He, and now I just want to kind of watch that episode again. I, I, I remember really enjoying that episode at the time. Mm, I think it's Rose in the end that stops him from killing the Dalek. Because um, I think... Cause, uh, he sort of takes some of Rose's humanity when he uses her to res- restore himself. Mm. Yeah, man, it's, it's. I think that was a really. I think that was a really good reintroduction um, of the Daleks for a new era as well. Yeah, and then they came. Then they came back in the season finale as as evil as ever. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's nice that you kind of get this kind of small. Like kind of like you know very minuscule introduction of of the Daleks, and then you know later on you see yeah like I said you just see all of them, and I think it's kind of a nice little not motif, but it's kind of a bit of foreshadowing perhaps. 
Did you see the Christmas episode, the recent one, by the way? I didn't actually know. Was it was it any good? Yeah, that that was quite good. That offered like a different um design a slightly different design for the Daleks. But um it didn't last long and again they were they were defeated all too easily in the end. And that's that's one of the things sometimes. Sometimes when a, a villain is so super powered, it does tend that there's very few ways of defeating them, and it tends to be overall a bit too quickly and anticlimactically uh, sometimes. Yeah, you, you don't really buy that um, any, about the hero where anyone's really in trouble, which is which, which is just it's a bit of a shame, to be honest. But um, yeah, I, I guess that kind of is. What it, I, I feel like they need like a spell on top, you know. Rather than just like an episode, because it, 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 their reign never really seems to last that long. I wonder if maybe they should have just a period where, you know, they're, they're, they're like the whole season, like the Daleks are on top, and eventually the Doctor becomes it. Yeah, maybe that that could be an interesting arc at, at some point. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. What did you think of the, the whole bad wolf thing that sort of led into the Daleks? Uh, I, I, I mean, it, it's been quite a few years since I've seen it, but I didn't, I, 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 I wasn't particularly a fan of it. To be honest, I, I, I can't put my finger on why, but it just felt like, yeah, I, I, I couldn't really buy it. What, 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 what did you think? Well, I quite enjoyed it, but I'd have been a, a lot older than you to sort of mm. work out what was going on and perhaps appreciate the. The sort of subtleties of it a bit more, perhaps. Yeah, probably actually. In fairness, because I, I remember kind of, I remember like, I always found those kind of you know season-long threads kind of very exciting and very interesting. And I feel like more often than not with Doctor Who, I was kind of disappointed. But um, I, I think this one worked pretty well. In fairness, yeah, it's probably the best, the best one that they've done. I think Russell T Davis has probably been. The best writer of mm. overall. Yeah, <laughs> I've, uh, Stephen Moffat was really good at coming in and doing standalone stories, but as a season runner, things started to get a bit complicated and convoluted under him, didn't it? But that's a, that's a, a talk for another day. Oh God, my God, that definitely is a talk. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I guess should we um, should we talk about um, what, 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 what would you say is the, the pop culture kind of impact? of the Daleks? I'd say it's massive. I'd say, you know, they, they appeared in all sorts of merchandise back in the day. You know, mm. Pencil cases and uh, and whatnot. The, the, they've been using adverts. I don't think there's many people in Britain that wouldn't know what a Dalek is. And I imagine, even in America, uh, a huge, you know, a, a huge portion of people know what the Daleks are, even if they're not overly mm. familiar. Even if they're not overly familiar with Doctor Who, yeah, it kind of feels like more of um, because of the face, uh, because the face of Doctor Who changes so much, it almost feels like the Daleks are really the face of that brand. Because you know, it, it might change from Jodie Whittaker to I don't mm. know, anyone, whoever's next. But you know, the, the Daleks are always there, and the design is always there. Um, I remember talking to my neighbour when it um, it first came out, and she was a school teacher, and all the kids were running around with pencils on their heads, pretending to be Daleks, telling, them, saying, "Oh, we'll exterminate!" And so it was a huge 
pop culture phenomenon at the time. I remember when I was a kid, it was still, you know, it, it felt magical when, when we were that age. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things that was a, a an instant overnight hit. Uh, as soon as they debuted on TV with that look and that sort of creepy, screechy voice, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is un- unmistakable. Yeah, Nic- Nicholas Briggs' um, voice of the Daleks, is, he, he, he's really good at that. He is, yeah. The cadence, and a great, the pitch, hmm. the sound of it. And Exterminate is such a great catchphrase as well. Yeah. It's another one that sort of stood the test of time for 50 years. Yeah, but you, but you can't say for a lot of um, you can't say that for a lot of um, catchphrases either, which no. I think is very impressive. Do, do do you think the allure or kind of like the pop culture impact is lessened a little bit with kind of the decline of Doctor Who, or do you think it's still pretty strong considering? I'd say it's pretty strong for the. I think Daleks will sort of always sort of endure. To be honest, I think there is something cool and special, and I don't know. Like a lot of people, I always prefer the villains. I think the villains are always the more interesting. Mm. Uh, especially when, you know, especially after Genesis of the Daleks, which gave the Daleks a bit more of a, a backstory as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I think um, having it like um, the balance between a backstory and kind of having the in, you know, the mystery and the intrigue of the characters is mm. very kind of hard to manage. And I think. There's a figure we'll kind of come on to later when we do these podcasts whose backstory is quite divisive, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think you do need to ta- leave a little bit of mystery in there. I don't think you need to mm. reveal everything. That's the trouble, though, with this sort of generation. Everyone wants, wants answers and think they deserve answers. But sometimes <laughs> it's nice to be able to think and debate about stuff and leave it as a sort of matter of opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to be honest, I know I, I kind of said that like the time war things maybe, um, and it maybe frustrated me at some points, but it, it probably did its job pretty well. I mean, like it kind of got me more intrigued about what the time war is, and you can theorize and you can think all about it. And I guess mm. the Daleks are very similar in that way. You never really know. You 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 want to know more. You know, but every time same, they come back, yeah. You, 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 it's just something that you you want to know more about. There's always a bit of a joke in um, in my day that they couldn't get upstairs either. Yeah, which, <laughs> which there's always a bit of a hindrance to them. It wasn't until it was actually the the first episode I saw Remembrance of um, the Daleks where you first saw a Dalek levitate. It was perhaps the first time where they had the mm. the necessary. Um, special effects and equipment to sort of make it happen on screen in a sort of believable way. And it was like one of the episode cliffhangers. The Doctor runs up some stairs to get away from the Dalek and he, he starts, <laughs> the Dalek starts levitated up the stairs. But it is, it is a kind of cool, um, like almost, I, I really quite like that they emphasise that fact though. Because I think it's, you know, in your mind, you, you, you probably know that they probably can climb stairs, but you've never seen it. And yeah, that, so now you know they can fly. It's kind of like, oh fuck. <laughs> it, it it sort of it sort of helped dampen the fear of them a bit because you convince themselves, yeah, they, they can't get upstairs, so I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> but in the back of your mind, uh, a race that advanced, you got to think they probably they probably can somehow. 
Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, geez, if they would, I mean, they're not the they're not the robot from Robocop. You know, they're not just going to be de- defeated by like four steps. <laughs> no. So, um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're very, um, they're very, very interesting villain. Um, uh, so we have a rating system for um, these villains, don't we? Or is there anything else you kind of want to touch on that I might have missed out, my boy? No, I think we've covered a lot of it. Um, other than I mentioned that they are super intelligent as well, mm. as the Doctor has mentioned in various episodes, and they've got quite a powerful gun or cannon uh, on their armour as well, which uh, pretty much kills you instantaneously if you get zapped, zapped by their sort of laser weapon, for a lack of better, better term for it. Yeah, well, because they're kind of like the apex predators almost, aren't they? Mm. So like they, they can survive atom bombs, like they can, you know, they can suck your face off without plunger. <laughs> yeah. They can hack into anything with that and just. That's it, one. It... That's one thing the new the new series did. It it made the plungers seem scary all of a sudden because when it sucked that bloke's brains out, you never yeah. you never really saw that before. That, yeah, that that was pretty mental. I mean, like you you look back at those kind of like early new Doctor Who's in it and uh, it, it's a little bit cringy but like it really really works for for like what it is so I think yeah definitely they, they, I was definitely scared to death of them when I, when I was a kid um, obviously not nowadays honest sure 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 <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah I, 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 also I think it's hard to do kind of villains for this kind of like you know early because i mean the primary audience is kind of like kids and early teens mm. and obviously it's early adults as well so i think it is kind of hard to make a villain scary for all ages it is and you know if, if you've watched um the dark the sort of um sort of it's like it's uh, it's a program but made in documentary style about how Doctor Who came to be. They did it for the fiftieth mm. anniversary. About and they really were and they were yeah, and they really were sort of budged together by whatever they had available because the, the budget was so small. So it's even more um surprising and a testament to the character that they've endured for so long with a whisk as a gun and a, a plunger as an arm and <laughs> It's, it's ridiculous when he's like kind of just say it like that though, isn't it? Like it, it mm. looks like um, it looks like a pepper shaker. And you can see in um, in the olden days when they were trying to move him about on sort of um, concrete and and whatnot, you can you can see like the the head part shaking up shaking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's always kind of like well, obviously they look a lot more sturdy and realistic looking now nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but back then, yeah. I mean, you know what it kind of reminds me of? It reminds me a bit of um, the shark from Jaws. You know, because from what I remember, the shark barely bloody works. So you you don't really see the shark for most of the film. You just see like bits of it. Yeah, and Spielberg wasn't overly enthusiastic about the overall design. So yeah, uh, but it but it worked because it was like the less you see or something the more you fear it. I mean, I'm a bit like that because I've got a bit of an uh, arachnophobia. And if I can see the mm. spider, I'm all right. But if it scuttles away and I don't know where it is, that's when I start panicking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really kind of highlighting like the best parts of the creature. 
until mm. until you have to find because eventually you do have to reveal it. And I think there is something quite inherently creepy about the creature anyway. But um, mm. I, I think particularly in those kind of old days, I think they did a really good job of kind of the lure and then the final kind of like scariness of that design. Yeah, I think I think the voice helps as well. I think I think mm. uh, another character we'll touch on uh, reasonably soon. I think I think the voice really does um, contribute a lot to the overall fear of it. This like sort of evil, twisted, almost screaming in pain voice. Yeah, it's very shrilly almost. Mm. And then. And like you say, they're, they're Terminator-like as well. They're, they're, un, they're unrelenting in their goal. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, I think it, the voice is very interesting because it's kind of, you know, it's, it's absolutely terrifying in some mm. ways. Because it, and, and then in other ways, when the hero kind of gets his comeuppance, they sound panics. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing. They are supposed to be devoid of emotion, but you, you, they they do show signs of fear quite often. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I I really like the kind of double-edged kind of effects of that voice. It, it, it's very effective in kind of doing mm. both of those things, which is which is equally parts funny and also impressive. Yeah, and it, it's sort of cold as well. That there's no there's no humanity in that voice either, which is another. Yeah, absolutely. Which which is very important. I mean, like the only real humanity is kind of well, it's probably in Davros. Um. But he's he, he's very much kind of like that sociopathic figurehead. He, he he's mm. very kind of Adolf Hitler like. Yeah, he, he is in a way. Yeah, yeah. Which which I, I feel like must have been part of the inspiration. It probably I was. I mean, if you watch this as the Daleks, they they do have a military outfit and uh, uh, and their, their sort of uniform is very very SS. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of like a mix of like the SS and um, mm. and and Henry Sellers from um, a Doctor Strange Love. It's a, it's a very kind of weird combination, but he, he he's 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 a pretty terrifying figure himself. And I always kind of found the sunken eyes always very creepy. He, he's like a corpse talking talking. Yeah, it very much so. It's the fact that he looks sort of so human, but also paradoxically so inhuman makes him even more scary yeah is it is kind of the uncanny valley of, of it for sure yeah definitely so yeah as you were touching on before we've got mm. a little a little rating system uh which will both rate out of 10 there's five categories and then we'll add them up and we'll have an overall um evil rating out of a hundred and we'll yes. do a little league for all the different villains we cover so uh the first one we'll we'll do is power how powerful would you say the daleks are i mean they can travel through time they're almost mm-hmm. impregnable they've got that ray gun cannon which sort of turns your insides out doesn't it you, you sort of see an x-ray of the <laughs> the person they're shooting i mean i'm i'm tempted I'm to go I'm tempted to go for a 10 out of power for the Dalek. Wow. Damn, you, you're going straight in there. Mm. Damn, okay. You know what? I respect that. Um, it's a weird one of power because, like, I mean, we kind of talked about, like, it's kind of dwindled over time. So, like, it's kind of hard to take them a little bit seriously. Um, I mean, in terms, of, in terms of pure power, like, in theory, um, 
they they should be uh, in theory i think they should be 10 i i think for me like the kind of um, don't be influenced. Don't be influenced by my score. You, you, you do. Uh, you no, do no. You, we, it, it is a good point because in terms of the power of the character, and I, I think it is. Up, I'm, I think I'm personally going to go for an eight, just because I think it's kind of lost its luster a little bit. And I, I, okay. I can't really believe it, but I, I never believe they're really going to win. No, no, there is that. I mean, but, but it's pretty much only the doctor that is able to defeat them. So, the, the, the doctor or humans occasionally, I guess. Humans with the help of the Doctor. I think if the Doctor doesn't interfere, um, uh, yeah, yeah, you're not going to beat them, I don't think. Um, So fear factor. I mean, back in the day, people literally, you know, they did literally hide behind their couches when the Daleks came on TV. Mm. Um, As you, but as you said, they have they have lost their luster a little bit, and they are a bit. Still a bit upside down, pepper potish. So, so I'm I'm going to go eight. I'm going to go eight for Fear Factor. But they could still kill you, and you can't you can't you know you're not going to bargain with them. They're not going to show you mercy. So uh, they're, no, pretty hard, they're, they're pretty hardcore. I think um, I think I'm I think I'm going to go for seven, which may, may feel a bit harsh, but I, I think maybe some of that is kind of the audience is aimed at, and think now that I'm older as well. But mm. um, yeah, I, I think it's a seven for me. Okay. Um, so I, I think the next category is complexity of their character. So what, what, what are you thinking for that? Um, well, I, I'm I'm thinking quite low actually on that. Yes, they have a bit of mm. backstory and mythology, but they're, they're kind of mutated Kaleds and it's it's more Davros has got the complexity too in than the actual Daleks themselves. Once they're the, the mutant squid inside that casing, with a very mm. few exceptions. Um, so uh, are, we, are we including Davros in this? Or? No, no, we're not. Okay. I'm just sort of... So I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a I'm gonna give him a, a four for complexity of character. Yeah, if we're not including they're, Davros, they're, then... they're pretty straight. They're pretty straightforward, really. Yeah, very true. Yeah, if we're not including Davros, then yeah, I think it's a four for me as well. Um, so I, I think the next category is aesthetic. So I, I think for aesthetic, I think personally for me, in terms of a, an aesthetic, I think. I'm, I think I'm going to go for nine. Yeah, I am. I mean, yes, as I said, they used a plunger and an egg whisk, but they've endured for about 55 years now with very yeah. few changes. And the the newer designs, like the gold sort of design, which we're more familiar with now, if we forget the, the iPod ones, um, <laughs> they, they, look, they, they look pretty cool, actually. So, yeah, I think... Uh, I think a nine as well. Um, the last one is influence on pop culture, and I'm tempted to go for a ten on this. So I mean, as I say, they've endured for they've endured for ten years. I don't think you'll find many people, especially in this country, that don't know what a Dalek is. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think considering how many errors has been across, and. Yeah, but just I, I think when people think of British pop culture, I think the Dalek is probably one of the first images that comes to mind. I mean, um, in the first lockdown, there's a viral video going around of, of the Dalek telling people to stay indoors. Yeah, it's, exactly. Um, yeah. If there's, if if I, it, I, there's nothing more British than that. <laughs> no, there isn't. They've appeared on adverts as well for Kit Kat and 
and whatnot. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure they've been um, in, like, The Simpsons and stuff as well. Yeah, uh, one of the, Bat- I think the Batman movie as well, they, they appeared on. Yeah, so in, in terms of um, in terms of uh, in terms of villains, I, I think I, I think they're some of the most iconic. So um, I've, I've toasted up the scores. So what? No, so I just need I just need your. So are you going to go for a ten for pop? Yeah, I'm, I'm just sorry, you didn't. Well. So that yeah, gives yeah. A, that gives us a an evil rating of uh, seventy three out of a, eighty three out of a hundred. Oh really? So I, that's, I, I, that's not bad going, is it? Considering they only got a four for the for the complexity of character. Yeah, that's pretty good. Are you, are, for some reason, I'd hit it up for seventy nine, but I, I'm going to trust you as the eldest. Oh well, I'll double. I'll do a quick double check just in just in case. Okay. My maths isn't brilliant. I won't lie. Again, this is great radio. This oh, well, is... absolutely. Of course, it's good radio. Um, so how h- how are you doing, guys? Um, are you um I I are you enjoying your day? Um, yeah, you're right. Seventy nine. I'm. Oh, it's seventy nine. I cop. You're right. I told you. Oh, uh, well, brilliant! It's for home for you, mate. Soon. <laughs> it probably is. Oh, but but that's, that's still pretty impressive as well, considering we mm. only got an eight overall on uh, character depth, but everything else is. They did score very, very highly. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a very, very respectable score, to be honest. I mean, that's um, pretty. That's pretty evil, isn't it? That's that's face facts. Yeah, so it's a very strong contender, but I think there's also it shows there's room for improvement as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess we will have to tune in to kind of find find out if anything's going to overtake it. Same bat place, same bat time. Hmm. Who could you be talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so, so who who is our next? Um, who is our ne- who is our next subjects? Well, I think we've got two to choose from. We could either go with uh, Joker or Darth Vader, and I'll leave that. I chose the Dalek, so I'll leave that up to you. Yeah. Um. I think I'm gonna choose since you kind of alluded to um Star Wars. I I, I think I think. Uh, I think Vader should be our next um, our, our next choice. Okay, so tune in next time. We're hoping this is going to be either a, a fortnightly or possibly monthly release, depending on our, uh, the Rogue Opinion schedule and, mm. and mine and Liam's schedule as well when we're back to work and whatever after lockdown. So uh, just keep your eye out on our Twitter feed for for when for when they drop. And with that, we'll go to our plugs. Do you wanna do you wanna start off with your plugs, Liam? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't really have many myself, but um, you, you can follow um, if you want updates on the new series of Doctor Who. You can go to um, BBC at BBC Doctor Who on Twitter. Um, they they recently showed um, a teaser of John Bishop's new character who's being introduced to the series, um, and I, I think the most recent kind of new year special is available on the bbc iplayer so um feel free to check that out um carl yeah well you can find me at uh carlos underscore fire 80 on twitter and instagram and you can find the brand at rogue underscore opinions on twitter and instagram and you can find uh under rogue opinions on apple i yeah apple um Spotify, that's on for Anchor, and on other good podcasting platforms. And you can check out our back 
catalogue where we are joined with Reese to talk football and banter Munich. You can listen to the other guys, Nathan, Jimmy and Scott, talk about wrestling, um, naked men, um, all sorts. Yeah, damn. Well, um, thank you for joining us, everyone. Yeah, it's goodbye from me. Bye.